We started last week a new series called Connected. Just want to ask you again, have you ever been disconnected? This week, did you get disconnected on a call, on a maybe something at work? You just felt disconnected? Last week, we started this uh, part on connection. And where we are today and last week is connected to God. It has to be the starting point. Everything else is a waste of time. Everything else is futile without your connection to God. Raising kids is hard enough with God. Marriage is hard enough with God. Jobs are hard enough with God. Relationships with each other is hard enough with God. But without God, it's impossible. It's impossible. Can anybody testify to that? All right. Connected to God. We have to start there. So let's, if you will, get out your Bibles. Bring your Bibles for this series. John chapter 15. Had someone come up to me just before I was ready to preach and said, that picture of the vine, that picture of the grapes, and I don't have it for this Sunday, isn't that funny? But the picture of the grapes really spoke into this person's heart about how we are supposed to be connected and how we are supposed to grow and how we are supposed to bloom and, and there, the, we, have, we, have a, we have a purpose. When you are connected to the vine, you have a purpose. When you are disconnected from the vine, you have no purpose. John chapter 15, are y'all there? I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray together. Father, we believe your word. We believe your word. We are your church. You are our God. We are your people. We are your children. Lord, you care for us. You love us. You have paid the ultimate price for us. That we might be clean. That we might have a way. That we might have hope. Now, we trust your word. Now, we just ask right now, Lord, that our ears would be open to your word. That our hearts would be open to receive and to learn. And that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us will be defeated. We just take authority over you, Satan, right now in our minds to keep us from, from receiving this word. And we command the purpose and the plan of God to be done in our life right now. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. In the metaphor of the vine... We saw last week, this is just a little bit of a review from the vineyard, the metaphor of the vineyard. Number one, Jesus is the vine. Okay, we heard, we, we know from John chapter one that Jesus is the word. 
the word of God. Jesus is the vine. We must be connected to the vine, which means we must be connected to whom? Jesus, which means we must be connected to the word. Can we, can we use logic? Okay. I got a funny joke about logic, but I'm not going to tell it today. Y'all have heard it if you've been with me. Anyway, be thankful I'm not going to tell it to you today. The Father is the vine dresser. He is the one tending to the vine and to the branches and to the fruit. And finally, you and I are the branches. We're not the fruit. We're the branches. We are the branches. It, it is so good to realize who you are. What your role is. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to make it tomorrow? You know how I'm supposed to make it? Be connected to the vine. The rest of the stuff will work itself out. Once I'm connected to the vine, I don't have to sit there and get on a treadmill and hope something comes out. Oh, I got to pedal harder, got to pedal harder. No, you don't. Be connected to me. Let it go into your heart. Start walking according to my word. These things will happen in front of you and it will be my doing, the Lord would say. I will do this. I am responsible for you. I love you and I will walk with you. And I will never leave you or forsake you. Where are the branches? All right. In the vineyard, the branches are the focus of the vine dresser's efforts because they produce the fruit. If you remember, uh, branches are tied to a trellis. If you remember, it was about 28 to 32 inches high. Perfect height for the vine dresser to be able to work. So he ties the branches to the trellis, propped up with sticks to let air circulate, to provide for the maximum amount of sunshine, and to allow full access to the vine dresser. He gets us laid out so that he can easily tend to us. He can see us. He can care for us. And the vine dresser lovingly cultivates each branch so that it will bear as much fruit as possible. So how important is it that we bear fruit? Again, this is my last topic from last week. It says in John chapter 15, I chose you and appointed you so that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Why were you chosen? To bear fruit. Are you, have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Anybody here that says I haven't and I want to? Okay, you're going to get another chance at the end of the service if, if I kind of caught you off guard. That's okay. It's okay. Great thing about God is he catches you off guard right at the right moment. Right when you need him. Um, but it says that you were chosen to bear fruit. So if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were chosen to bear fruit. So, do you remember what fruit is from last week? Fruit is you going out and winning somebody to Christ. That is fruit. We've seen fruit in the last few weeks here at Church on the Hill of people coming to Christ. Amen? Amen. Your fruit is also good works. Faith without works is dead. We saw last, year, we, uh, last week we had scripture that showed us that our fruit can go, coincide with good works. But also your fruit is your produce. It is what you produce. It is what you work hard for. It's what you set your hands to, right? So who wants to bear fruit? 
I want to bear fruit. Fruit is our only permanent deposit in heaven. And it says that real fruit always lasts. That we, Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. But for the vineyard to really produce, the branches have to respond to the intention of the vine dresser. And we will see that not all branches respond the same. In fact, in every vineyard, every branch is unique. And when the harvest arrives, it will produce a different crop. So, let's talk about the size of the crop. Four distinct levels of eternal yield. We saw from this scripture, John chapter 15, four distinct levels of yield. Number one, imagine we got four baskets. First basket, no fruit in it at all. Second basket, there is some fruit. Third basket, more fruit. Fourth basket, much fruit. Right? This is coming straight from the scripture we just read, John chapter 15. Okay? So, no fruit, obvious. Basket two, fruit. You've got some fruit in your basket, but have you ever had a basket and you just got a couple little measly things down in there and you don't feel too good about that? At least you got something. But you jiggle it around and they're just rolling around on the bottom. And then you've got more fruit. You've certainly got a lot of room still to put some in there, but you've got some. Have you ever picked blackberries? I hate picking blackberries because it takes forever. I like picking bigger fruit because the basket fills up quicker. Blackberries fill up slowly. But if you've got a basket full of blackberries, you have worked your rear end off. So, and then much fruit. Overflowing. You're proud of that basket, baby. Look at what I've got. Look at this. Each of us is a branch that is producing, or not, a clearly defined level of abundance. The Father wants more fruit from us so much that he actively tends to our lives and will keep us moving up from barren to productive, from empty to an overflowing basket. He is committed to you producing. He's the vine dresser. It's his job. Have you ever thought of that? It is God's job to see that you produce. That's going to wake somebody up. Wake up. And you know what's awesome? More is always possible. Why? Because we were created to bear fruit, more fruit, and still more fruit. And if your basket fills up, God can always give you a bigger basket. Your basket's full? That's what you think. Anybody here ever thought your plate was full? And then you turned around and you, your plate needed to make some room for some more stuff? Yeah. All right. First one, empty basket. The barren, the barren branch. John chapter 15, verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, there are biblical scholars. It's kind of a disturbing thought, but there are biblical teachers who have interpreted this, that those that bear no fruit can't be a Christian. I've heard that. I've kind of chewed on this before until, until you really let two words sink in. In me. Every branch in me. Scripture goes, continues to talk about us being in Christ. Christ being in us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's this person. 
But this person has Christ, but is producing no fruit. Everybody say amen. Okay, glad you agree. So, therefore, I believe we can conclude that it is possible to be in Christ, but have no fruit. Experience in my life bears this out. If you are like me, you've gone a week or a year when you didn't bear any fruit. Have you ever had those moments? And I believe this is what Jesus is talking about. But while we study the vineyards, while we study in the natural, the vineyards, new branches. Now listen to me. This is gonna, I hope this is going to get interesting to you. New branches have a tendency to go down. New branches come out. And where do they go? Down. They go down into the dirt. They get covered up by mud. They get covered up by dust. They get trampled on. They naturally go down. So the fact that maybe you have been on this roller coaster and you may be down, that's not, you're not abnormal. It's normal for us to kind of, kind of in our natural ability to go down. You know, in your natural ability, you're going down. In your natural ability. In our natural ability. And you would think that those branches down on the ground would be cut off and thrown away. Not at all. The branch is far too valuable for that. Vine dressers go through the vineyard with buckets of water looking for those branches and pours the water on those branches and gets them cleaned up and then picks those branches up and gets them tied up to that trellis to where they will get healthy again, to where the sun can get to them again, to where the light can get to them again, to where they can grow in the right way. You get down in the mud, you stop growing. You can't go forward You're pushing into the ground. You're pushing into the mud. They'll lift them up and wash them off. And then they wrap them around the trellis until they begin to thrive. With this in mind, can't you see how Jesus is telling us how the Father makes sure that his harvest comes in full and sweet? Man, have I just lost y'all? Now remember, you're the branch. The father is the vine dresser. The father is on the hook for finding us down in the dirt and getting us up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're a good father. We are valuable to you. When the branches fall in the dirt, God doesn't throw them away or abandon them. He lifts them up and cleans them off and helps them flourish again. Glory. For the Christian, sin is like the dirt covering the grape leaves. Air and light can't get to it. The branch languishes and no fruit develops. How does the vine dresser lift us up from mud and misery? How does he move our branch from barren to beautiful so we can start to begin to fill up our basket? I want you to know that if your life is constantly not bearing fruit... God will intervene to see that you do. And he uses this this word that we especially as Americans hate. Discipline. Everybody say discipline. Discipline. Discipline is a great word. 
Discipline is a great word. It's necessary. If necessary, God will use measures to bring you to repentance. Thank God. It about wants to just break me in half to just think about how much he loves me and that he loves me enough to get me back to him no matter what it takes. Even if it hurts me a little bit, he loves me enough to get me back to him. The fact that you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior is more mercy than you or I ever deserved. His purpose is to clean you and to free you of sin so that you can live a more abundant life for his glory. The Bible calls this disciplining or chastening. Discipline is what happens when a loving father steps in to lift us away from our own destructive and unfruitful pursuits. Can you grab hold of that? Discipline is there to get us out of our, our hole. It, it, discipline is not there to hurt us and to push us down and to make us no good to never go forward again. Just the opposite. It's to get our heads above the mud. It's to get us out of the things that are killing us and into life, into growth. Man, that's good. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 5. As a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Don't want to be hard on the church, but the church has to, has to preach sin and has to preach repentance and has to preach discipline and correction and righteousness. It's what righteousness is. We have gotten off target and the Lord is trying to walk us into righteousness. Are we missing it? Many times we are missing it because we have missed righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Does discipline feel good to a child? No. Maybe that's why so many times we run from it or we avoid it or we even talk like it doesn't happen. Do you know that the church sometimes even acts like that God is not, does not discipline? That, let me just say, that's crazy. It, it, scripture tells us that a father that doesn't discipline his child hates his child. God loves us. And he loves us so much that he corrects us. A good father corrects. That's a good word for somebody. Discipline, does discipline feel good to the father? No. If you are a parent, you know how reluctant you are to bring pain to your child. That's how God feels. Hebrews chapter, uh, well let me ask you this, is discipline the way of committed love? Yes, let me tell you, disciplining a, disciplining a child is discipline, is hard. It comes at a great cost, and it has to be done in love. If it's not done in love, it becomes damaging. The reason you may hate the word discipline and may cannot even receive a father disciplining you is because your father disciplined you inappropriately. That's not the kind of discipline I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about appropriate discipline. Let me tell you, as a father, I have disciplined appropriately and I have disciplined inappropriately. The good thing about Father God is he never disciplines inappropriately. Never. Never. It is always for your good. It is always for your good. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. He says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. So what can we catch from uh, discipline from these verses? What can we learn here? Important principles. Number one, God is the one doing the discipline. God is the source of the discipline. God is the source of the discipline. Number two, he disciplines all believers. And he always acts out of love. Remember, the discipline will, help occur, the discipline will occur to help change your path from a hurtful, destructive, harmful direction to a productive, healthy, producing, abundant path. It's hard to ask for discipline. That's not natural. But how bad do you want out of your hole? How bad do you want out of, out of the pit that you're in? Because the vine dresser desires for you to produce, for you to produce abundantly, to live an abundant life full of joy. But that path may include some getting yourself out of the mud and up onto the trellis. It is not a fun process, but the result is awesome. How many of you have a testimony of the Lord correcting you? And it was hard, but coming through it, you've come out so much better than you ever could have on your own. Man, my testimony time after time after time. Unfortunately, the Lord has had to bring a lot of correction in my life. A lot. And I'm thankful to have a loving Father that loves me. And that didn't give up on me 